It's the Indianapolis Combine edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I'm wearing gloves. My name is Armando Salguero. Adam Beasley, you're wearing a parka. What's up with this? Uh, I don't know if I should call you Icer Toner or Dan Marino or O.J. Simpson. You are wearing the O.J. gloves right now. They say Prada. They are Prada, baby. Very nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, you look like you're about to go to... It's cold. It's yeah. cold. I'm looking out, and they're like trees have no leaves. And there, it's like, what's that white stuff on there? Uh, well, in Miami, it'd be cocaine, but I don't think it's that. <laughs> no, it's like all oh, this white stuff is coming down, and I just don't understand. Um, so yeah, and we're indoors, by the way. Yeah. So and we're in person. It's the first time we potted together in one place in a while. That's amazing. That's a you turn podcast into a verb. That's that's <laughs> truly amazing. So. Uh, yesterday was a very busy day here in Indianapolis. We talked to Chris Greer. We talked to Brian Flores. We talked to Tua Tangavaloa. We talked to Joe Burrow. We talked to Justin Herbert. We talked to Jordan Love. There was a lot of talking back mm-hmm. and forth. And out of all of that, the headline of the day was what, Adam Beasley? Uh, I think it's all systems go for Tua. I think that they would have loved to have gotten Joe Burrow. But that's not going to happen because he didn't force his way out of Cincinnati. And I, I think they would be okay with taking Justin Herbert, but I still don't think they would love that idea. And Tua told us yesterday that he is going to be fully cleared by March 9th. He's going to throw April 9th. And the hip, uh, the reports you hear out of uh, the people who had a look at his, his hip in the, you know, the medical industry say it was excellent. Say the, it was a good physical, as good as they could have expected. I see no downside at this point to drafting Tua. Okay. So let me give you the downside. You draft Tua number five overall. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have to draft him number four overall, and mm-hmm. you have to give up a pick to, to get him, such as the 18th overall pick. Would you do that? If you think that Tua can lead you to a Super Bowl, I don't think there's really any price too high. Would you do that? Yes. Okay. So you're giving up your 18th overall pick your fifth overall pick to draft the guy who hasn't played since November and that's fine because everybody's telling you he's fine. Now, tell me the future. Is he durable? Will he be durable the next three years? No clue. That's it. Correct. No clue. No clue. All right. So how do we try to get a clue as to durability on a player, on any player? Mm -hmm. We look at his... His history. Yeah. So, let me see. What is Tua's history? He's had three surgeries in two years. Yeah. And um, he had a hand injury, too, right? I don't know that. Yes, he did. He plays quarterback. (laughs) He plays quarterback. He had a hand injury. I will say this, Armando, and you make an excellent point. Uh, I spoke with his surgeon back on Friday. seems like months ago, but it was only five days ago. Um... Norm Waldrop is his name. He's at the Andrews Center up in Alabama. And he did the ankles. Both of them had that tightrope surgery, high ankle sprain, which is crazy. They kind of basically put a bungee cord in his legs to keep it intact. And I asked him about the narrative that he is fragile, that he's injury prone, that, you know, he's just snake built when it comes to, to getting hurt and he can't stay healthy. 
And the surgeon, of course, he's got a best interest in putting the best foot forward, but he also did say that the, the injuries he suffered would be injuries anyone would suffer with the, with the kind of contact that he took, especially when you have 600 pounds of defensive linemen falling on you in a, in a specific angle. That was a freakish thing. That wasn't because he's frail, he's tiny. He's like, no. <laughs> what is it? Force equals mass times uh, speed, and there was a lot of mass and speed falling on a very small joint. So his, uh, the, the doctors professional opinion was that you don't, you can't project him to be repeatedly hurt in the NFL because of the nature uh, the nature of the injuries he, he suffered in college were unique. That's fair. And also, I don't know if he told you this, but that tightrope uh, procedure makes his ankle stronger mm-hmm. going forward, Correct. not weaker. C- crazy. So that's good. But he continues to be six foot and two hundred and seventeen pounds. Right. And the people who will be falling on him in the future are bigger <laughs> than the guys and faster and angrier and have children that they must feed. <laughs> and so they will be much more motivated to not fall Chuck, on not, him. Not Chucky from the chemistry class? No, they will be much more, you know, motivated to fall on him harder <laughs> somehow. Sure. Uh, when he reaches the NFL. And so that's the problem. It's, it's the, are you going to spend that much draft capital on a hunch? Because that's all it's going to be, a hunch, a bet, uh, an instinct. It's not going to be someone guaranteeing you he will be durable. Right. It's, they can guarantee you that he's fine with his current injury and he will be recovered, they can't guarantee you the future. Sure. Um, and so that's that's problematic for me. What do you think of the narrative that's starting to bubble up a little bit? Oh, we don't have to take a quarterback this year. <laughs> so, you know, I was on the, um, on the Joe today with Joe Rose and Zach Krantz and they asked about that. Look, why did we do all this last year? Correct. Why did the Dolphins discombobulate their entire roster? Why did they demo the roster? Why did they give up on Laramie Tunsil, who's a Pro Bowl player, and Minka Fitzpatrick, who's a Pro Bowl player? All pro player. Uh, yeah. Why did they do that if not for a season or a draft in which they are able to pick a quarterback? It would be a lot of wasted effort, I would think. Absolutely. Um, I would say this. It's a, an enormous risk. I, I understand not being, I think I've made this argument before on the show, that you don't want to force a pick, particularly a quarterback. I totally get that. I would say this. They're, gonna, they're expecting to be better in 2020 than they were in 2019. They're expecting to be much better in 2020 than they were in 2019, regardless of who their quarterback is. They picked fifth this year when they were trying to be bad. What are they going to do next year? Can you even assume that they're going to have a top five pick? Now, I understand they already have two two number ones next year. They could get another third if they trade back or whatever this year. I I totally get that. But Justin Herbert, who's going to give up Justin Herbert, even if you offer them three first-round picks? If you're a team who's picking number one, most likely you're picking number one because your quarterback stinks. And if you have a franchise player sitting there at number one, kind of like the Bengals this year who have made it clear they're not getting out of number one, they're going to take Joe Burrow, 
What, what, what guarantee do you have in 2021 that any team would be willing to move out of number one? You have none. And but guess what? There was none in 2020. Mm-hmm. And yet they did it against all but logic. But, but at least they, they blew up the team. They're not going to be blowing up the team this year. What is there to blow up? The team sucks. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, really? They, well, oh, they, my gosh, they might cut Nick Needham? 2019 was a year of shedding talent. 2020, they season a year of adding talent. That's, and they will do that. Mm-hmm. And they will do that. But uh, I, still, I still think that if you're believing that the Miami Dolphins of 2020 are going to be good, I think you're believing in... In a fantasy oh, world, I'm not saying I'm not saying 11 and five, but seven and nine is an improvement. And if you go seven and nine, you're picking 13th, 14th, and you're not getting Trevor Lawrence. So, let me propose a a scenario for you. Who is going to be their starting quarterback in 2020? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Correct. And is he going to be really good for the second year in a row? You mean for the Dolphins? Arguably the best he's ever played in his career. Yes. Probably not. No. Although he does have his guy now, Chan Gailey. Who, under Chan Gailey, he played really well for the New York Jets in 2015 and horribly in 2016. Very true. So that's his history, right? That is his history. Last year was a almost like a... a it was an aberration. Right. Because he, what, he didn't deliver the, oh, crap, this guy sucks game. Well, he did early in the season. Did he? Yeah, I mean, he was terrible in those first couple of games. Well, I mean, he got he did because the offensive line, he was meeting them in the huddle. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, fair, but he was just all I'm saying is Ryan Fitzpatrick as a as your starter guarantees you that you're going to pretty much not be very good. Correct. I'm sorry. I, I know that everybody loves Ryan Fitzpatrick and the organization loves Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I have a an honest view of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you think that if they start Fitzpatrick next year, they will draft in the top five again? <laughs> but Ryan Fitzpatrick had a good year last year, and I'm and, he, and all I see from that is he's due for a horrible year. I'm sorry, such that's a, such a cynic. <laughs> Fitz, I love you, brother, but you suck on on odd, on even number of years. What can I tell you? We're gonna get into that in a little bit more in a second, but uh, first we have to take a break. All right, so Fitz still sucking on, on the even number of years. He just is. It's terrible. Look, um, I'm going to espouse something that I've written over and over and over, and I'm going to say, and I'm going to ride or die with this. Draft a quarterback every year right. until you get it right. That means I don't want to hear from the Miami Dolphins Hey, we didn't find the guy that we were comfortable with. Get freaking comfortable. Fourteen draft picks. Buy a pillow and get comfortable. Fourteen draft picks. And if he's not the right guy, yeah, you're in trouble because you spent high draft resources supposedly on that guy. Do it again next year. Well, well, the argument might be somebody else is going to do it for us next year. If you screw up, you might get fired. If you yeah, I think there's some anal- uh, process by analysis here. I think they are absolutely worried about how 
their careers will come out will, will, will result in the pick they make. Well, then if I'm Stephen Ross, which makes me a very old man, <laughs> if <laughs> you can say rich, <laughs> I'm Stephen Ross. I, I know a lot of rich people that would gladly give up years, money for years. Correct. You you can get money. You yes. can't get years back. You can get good health care. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, <laughs> when you're on dialysis. Oh, God. Uh, no, seriously. If I'm Stephen Ross and my leaders, my organizational leaders say to me, well, they're not going to say it because, uh, I mean, if they're, if I get the idea that they're thinking, I'm not going to make this move because it affects my career, then you have the wrong organizational leaders. Right. You, you... But it's human nature, though. I, you're right. And, and, and it happens all the time, and not just to the Miami Dolphins. But at the point where you have any organizational leader who's thinking job ahead of, and job security ahead of team well-being, you have the wrong guy. Correct. I agree. Uh, I, there is no doubt. Well, well, just 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 think back to the Donjo era and people, <laughs> factions and fighting for power and all that. Absolutely. That's how teams are dysfunctional. Absolutely. And so, therefore, I go back to draft a quarterback every year until you get it right. Yep. And by the way, it makes sense. And this is how it makes sense. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's going to suck this year, <laughs> he, next year, he's going to be 39. Right. And he, out of contract. I'm good with that. I love you, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you got to go, brother. You're a, you're a progress stopper. And so, therefore, they're going to need another quarterback next year anyway. Right. And so what if it's Tua and another guy that they draft and Josh Rosen? So what? I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, the idea is you need some leadership, some veteran leadership. Well, they've made all this all this noise about we're going to find leaders here at the Combine. Right. And we're going to find leaders. <laughs> Who am I just doing? I don't know. Who was that? That was kind of scary, actually. <laughs> that was like some cartoonish figure. <laughs> um it's like all they talk about is leadership, and we're going to find a leader, and they have to be leaders, and they've got to lead the leaders, and leading leads, lead leaders. Um, I don't want to hear it. Show me. And so if you're finding them, what are you worried about? Okay, well, let me ask Ryan you this. Fitzpatrick being uh, a leader. I don't know if you got the chance to listen to Burrow. Uh, you were... Chris Greer was speaking at the same time yeah. Joe Burrow was yesterday. I did. I listened to Justin Herbert. I didn't get a chance to listen to Tua. You were there for that. Yeah. Your, your, your thoughts on those three as potential leaders, not just quarterbacks, but leaders. Well, I like Burrow's moxie. Swagger? Yeah. yeah. I like his swag. I, I, that thing with the hands. Oh, yeah, it was great. I was sold. <laughs> and, and if you don't know, what happened is he... They measure your hands. They basically measure everything here. And so his hands measured nine inches, which is not extraordinarily large for a quarterback. And that got out. And he tweeted something akin to considering retirement right. now because I found out I have tiny hands. Because I go I, in a dark room and sob. Because <laughs> yeah, my I, I have no ability to ever spin a football ever again <laughs> with my tiny hands. Which is crazy because Tua... 
10-inch hands, much bigger hands. Yeah. He seems like the small quarterback. But yes. Joe Burrow is no giant either. He's a smallish dude. Right, right. He's small frame. Correct. Either, even though he's taller, he's small frame. Right. Um, so I like that Joe Burrow thing. You know, at the bowl game, um, LSU and who was it that they played for the national championship? Was it Oklahoma? Uh, Clemson. Clemson. So uh, in, at the semifinal bowl game, they had a, a three-point shooting contest with the other team, and it was tied, and Joe Burrow had the last shot. Did he make it or did he miss? Uh, um, I'm going to guess he made it. He made it and took his team to a three-point shooting contest win. Well, that was something that Flores kind of hinted at yesterday with the if factor. Mm-hmm. Guys have to be able to rise to the moment, and when things are in crisis, steady the ship and get the job done. And Joe Burrow showed he has that in maximum quantities. I mean, the way he led that LSU team, yes. which had historically a horrific offense, and he comes in there and they look like the air raid. It was incredible. Right. So they're calling it the it factor, uh, leadership. I call it the, the to the floor factor. <laughs> okay. Joe Burrow to the floor. To the floor. All right. Uh, I think Tua is right up there with him. In, I'm a, not, in a different way. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I think Burrow's got uh, maturity. Is, is that the right word? He or does have self confidence from maturity. Correct. To a less mature. But he also has self confidence from being awesome. Very good. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And then there is Justin Herbert, who I don't see the it factor, the to the floor factor for him. All of these things that they have told us all along. Great leader. It factor. Uh, able to make something happen when things break down around him. He doesn't check any of those boxes. And that's why I, it will stun me if they're sitting there at five and, and they go with Justin Herbert. As, particularly if they have a chance to move up and get Tua and decide, decide to stay pat, stay put and, and get Herbert instead. That would go against everything that they have told us for, for the last year now. I will say this on behalf of Justin Herbert. Unlike many others, he went to the Senior Bowl and played, mm-hmm. and by all accounts, was was good. Excellent. Very good. At this combine, he's throwing. He's doing everything. And Tua is not. Right. Joe Burrow is not. Uh, Joe Burrow is standing on his season, mm-hmm. on his film. So they're going to have pro days and so forth. But this guy is going to go out there in front of everybody on national television. And compete. In prime time and compete. Mm-hmm. So that says something about him, I think. Agreed. All right. So... Those guys don't – they lead. They, they got it. Um, let, let's end it here. What non-quarterback are you looking at from out of this combine? Oh, wow. Any position. Oh, God. I mean, it's easy to talk offensive line, but I will say this. If there is a scenario in which the Dolphins – punt on the quarterback position, or at least at the top five, watch out for Jeff Akuda because that guy is a stud. He might be the best player overall. I know Chase Young will probably have that argument. Yeah. One of the top two or three players in the entire draft if he just went purely on ability, and he could transform that defense. If you put him and Xavier Howard in the same secondary, that immediately becomes one of the best pass defenses in the National Football League. That's fair. I would handle it differently, but, you know, Whatever. I, I dr- Why don't they trade for Darius Slay? That's a great question. They may. I mean, they he, may. He is a, 
a veteran. Mm -hmm. He is uh, represented by a local, you know, uh, agent. He's not going to be very expensive. I mean, he's going to he, be expensive. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's 28 or 29, and you don't have to use draft uh, resources to get him. I don't... <laughs> they have a lot of needs. They can't fill them all in the draft. Well, and that's the thing is we have no idea going into the draft what this roster is going to look like because right. one of the great, I think, secrets they've kept so far is we don't know what their free agency plan is and free agency is in like three weeks and they're meeting probably in their suite right now with agents from around the country mm -hmm. who have free agents coming and they're formulating a, a free agency plan that is going to totally transform this team and we just don't know what it's going to look like if their free agency plan is going to transform the team they're going to be a bad team because the transformation needs to occur in the draft well both can happen what team do you know of that went to any sorts of great heights because of their free agency? The Buffalo Bills. You look at their huh? roster. Yes. What? Look at the Buffalo Bills roster in 2020. I think maybe of their 53 players, maybe 20 were homegrown. Yes. They're, they're, they had so a lot of great heights that they attained. Well, I mean, they won the division. They, they went to the playoffs. They, well, they were the <laughs> six seed or the five seed. I don't know which one they were, but they went to the playoffs. Okay. And then it is it is possible to construct a team through free agency and then get really good if you had your draft picks. It's it's possible. You just can't make dumb choices, and that's what we're going to see if the uh, Greer has learned from the mistakes of his of his former bosses, Mike Tannenbaum, Dennis Hickey, Jeff Ireland. You can go to through the list of guys that made the wrong bet in free agency and and in large part got fired because of it. They okay so. My guy in this draft that I really would love to see in a Miami Dolphins uniform is Andrew Thomas. He is the offensive tackle for Georgia. Uh, I can't believe that he's graded in the teens by some right. so-called draft rules. Some people think he might be the fifth tackle taken. Which is stunning to me. I think he is a clean player. He's got all of the intangibles. And, oh, by the way, he's really good. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand, you know, people say balance and he's on the, the ground too much. Look, Balderdash. Okay? <laughs> Balderdash. That, that guy's going to be really good, and anybody with eyes knows it. And I don't understand what – and he played in the SEC where they have some solid okay players. Pass rushers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. But, you know, that's – and he played for a quarterback that was taking his sweet time. Well, it's entirely possible the Dolphins take both the players that we talked about. That is true. Because and they have a 17,000 draft picks. That is true. But if they do, they're not getting a quarterback. Correct. Because – Or they're taking uh, Jordan Love or somebody like that. At 26. At 26. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll get into that next week. Uh Come back next week. We will be in sunny South Florida next week. It'll, I won't be wearing gloves. It won't be snowing outside. And um, we'll still be looking for guys that have this following uh, ability to the floor.